Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, sir, world. It is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. So happy to be back with you on Talk Zone. Today is Thursday, the 24th of August. Summer is just flying by. I'm glad you're with me. I've got a good show today. As you know, my show is a blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. Never any fake news. Everything I say on the radio is true. And sometimes you laugh out loud at my dumb news stories about dumb criminals. Today, I certainly want to talk about some dumb criminal law stories and talk a little bit about the solar eclipse and some myths that our forefathers had about eclipses. There will be some words of wisdom, some news tidbits, and of course, I'll end the program with some riddles. Before I get into my dumb criminal law stories, let's do some birthday shout-outs. On this day, August 24th, actor Steve Gutenberg was born. He's 59 years old. The actress Marley Maitland is 52. Newsman David Gregory is 47. And the comedian Dave Chappelle is 44 years old. Happy birthday to all of you. All right, let's go right ahead into the dumb criminal law stories. As you know, I'm broadcasting from the city beautiful that's Orlando, Florida. And it is a beautiful day, despite the fact that we're having some early afternoon showers. All right, our first story comes from Florida. The headline says, Kaboom! The story. We learned that an Orlando couple were lucky to survive after their Kia Sorento exploded last week. Police said the two were transporting a gas barbecue grill that was turned on and still connected to a propane tank. When the wife lit a cigarette, the car exploded. Kaboom! The couple sustained mild but not life-threatening injuries. Thank heavens. What kind of idiots transport a barbecue grill that's turned on and still hooked up to the propane tank? Well, I don't know. Another story from Florida. Headline. Bang is just the headline. Bang. It's been reported that a man trying to take a selfie in a strip club restroom took a wrong shot, firing his gun by accident instead of his camera. The bullet went through the wall of Club Lust in St. Petersburg and ended up in the women's restroom. Now, no one was hit, but Ron Sorn, 34, a convicted felon, was sentenced to six years and five months in prison for violation of his probation by carrying and discharging a firearm. (laughs) Taking a selfie and shoots his gun instead of the camera. My God. All right, we've got more stories here. Yep, another one from Florida. Headline, you scream, they scream, we all scream for ice cream. A drive-thru customer became enraged when he was told that the ice cream machine was out of order at a McDonald's in Delray Beach, Florida. The customer became so enraged, he pulled out a replica AR-15 assault rifle and aimed it at the window clerk who had delivered the bad news. 
Another employee watching surveillance video called 911, and police promptly arrived and arrested the customer and his passenger for assault. <laughs> also, they say the replica AR-15 was taken by the police. France, Sacre Bleu, said the headline. Two seemingly high-strung food fanatics flew into a rage because their crepes were not sweet enough, police say. The women diners ordered the pancakes with whipped cream in the town of Trigastar. They ate and left the restaurant, but soon returned to demand a refund. When a waitress refused, they allegedly threatened to smash the business's windows, prompting management to call the gendarmes. That is the French police. <laughs> All right. Let's go on. Another story. This one is from Illinois. Headline. Irony. A woman was arrested for drunken driving while she was driving to a court-ordered DUI class for a previous arrest. Vanessa Vargas, 23, from the Chicago suburb of Cicero, blew a .196 blood alcohol level when she was pulled over at the end of July, authorities say. As most of you know, the legal limit in Illinois and most states is .08. She blew a .196. Irony could be. How about this one from Louisiana? Headline, simple. It says, Steam Roller Robbery. Travis Campbell, 33, boosted a Caterpillar steamroller from a closed construction site in New Orleans and motored away at the top speed of eight miles per hour. When police officers caught up with him, Campbell claimed to be a worker at the site. However, the construction company maintained that Campbell had not returned his keys when he was fired several years ago. You know, we wonder whether there is a black market for stolen steamrollers. Who wants to buy a, a, a stolen steamroller? I just don't know. These stories just don't end, huh? Don't. New Hampshire. This happened just last week. The headline read, He's not making New Hampshire great again. A man enraged by a road closure in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, a few weeks uh, last week, intentionally hit a construction zone flagman and sped off, police say. The suspect, Robert Freeze, 61, was not difficult to find, police say, because of his vanity license plates, which read, Trump won. <laughs> vanity plates, Trump won. Oh, well, he's not making New Hampshire great again. These stories just don't go away. Here's a story from Ohio. You know that there's a opioid and heroin addiction going on in the Midwest. The headline of this story read, Business Card Drug Paraphernalia. A woman was found passed out on heroin, which she allegedly snorted using a police chief's business card. The unconscious woman and her drugs were brought to the Canal Fulton Police Department over the last weekend in July by a concerned household member. The drug paraphernalia included the rolled-up business card from Chief Douglas Schwartz that was used to snort the heroin. 
It appears that Schwartz had answered a call at the residence earlier that day. The woman uh, and left his business card. The woman, we learn, was given the option to see seek treatment in lieu of arrest, according to officials. No word on what she actually did do, but I hope she stays off that smack. Here's one from Oregon. Headline, Bloody Fool. A DWI suspect in Oregon was fleeing the police and was arrested in a jiggle joint. His name, Noah Eiler, 29 years old, slammed his car into a fire hydrant and two decorative lampposts. This is in the town of Springfield, Oregon. He then fled on foot and tried hiding inside the Brick House Gentleman's Club, which is right across the street from police headquarters. Now, he was not hard to spot because he was the only bloody guy in the in the place, say police. <laughs> Tennessee, the headline for this story, she'll be in the big house over the dollhouse. A woman tried to steal a dollhouse worth $1,000 but couldn't fit it into her automobile. Kingsport, Tennessee police reported... Uh, or released, rather, a security video showing the frustrated bandit struggling with the dollhouse, which she stole from a storage unit. Eventually, she had to give up and took off in a black Oldsmobile Alero, leaving the dollhouse. An arrest has not yet been made, but police are on the lookout. A story from Texas. If you snooze, you nay lose, say the headlines. It's been reported that Kanyani... Sedekia, 20 years old, pulled a gun on his roommate and then tied him up after an argument over money in Abilene, Texas. After Sedekia fell asleep, the roommate wriggled free of his bonds, called police, who arrived promptly to find Sedekia still sleeping. Police went to work, waking him up and promptly charging him with aggravated robbery. These stories just never, never stop. How about this one from Texas? Watermelon Man, says the headline. A truck stopped at the Mexico-Texas border last week was allegedly carrying only refreshing summer watermelons. Nevertheless, officials pulled over the refrigerated tractor trailer for a second inspection at the Far International Bridge. Stashed among the watermelons, customs officials found 2,304 pounds of marijuana worth about $460,000. Yes, an arrest was made, and both the melons and the marijuana were all confiscated. This is a nasty one, but I'm going to tell it. It comes from Vermont. Vermont. The headline, Pew. A man was charged with disorderly conduct for spraying liquid manure on a marked U.S. Customs and Border Protection car. Mark Johnson, 53, of Allberg, Vermont, claimed the spraying was an accident. However, a Border Patrol agent said Johnson had just complained about the feds purportedly failing to do more to crack down on illegal immigrants doing farm labor in the Vermont area. Oops. <laughs> All right, I love these stories. Let's see what else I have. Virginia, the headline reads, Toxic Windex and or Toxic Woman. 
A woman was sentenced last week to more than three years in prison for poisoning a co-worker's coffee with Windex. Maida Juarez, 33, of Sterling, Virginia, had pleaded guilty in February to adulteration of food. Juarez's supervisor found security footage showing her pouring Windex into the break room coffee maker after her colleagues experienced stomach pains and vomiting. Boo, that's a horrible story. Toxic Windex and, yeah, boo, booing is a, booing is appropriate. Okay. At any rate, those are the dumb criminal law stories for this week, folks. Maybe you got a laugh or two. These stories are all true. If you want to read more of my dumb criminal law stories that I collect, you can go to my blog. It's www.birdsongslaw, all one word, birdsongslaw.com. You can read some of the stories I collect for free. Right now, we're going to take a pause for the cause, and we will be back to talk about a little bit about the solar eclipse of Monday. Did you look up in the sky to see it? This is Leonard Birdsong on Talk Zone Radio. Stick with us. More to come. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning law school guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, it is. Leonard Birdsong back with you on Talk Zone. I'm broadcasting from the city beautiful. That's Orlando, Florida. Well, on Monday we had a solar eclipse. I don't know. Were you able to see it? Hopefully not with your naked eye. It's been reported that millions of Americans were blanketed in pitch blackness on Monday as the total solar eclipse stretched from coast to coast for the first time in nearly a century. 
The New York Post reports that thousands of New Yorkers stopped, or New York City people stopped in their tracks and streamed from office buildings to look up at the cloudy skies. However, there was an eclipse. Now, the eclipse, I'm told, took about 90 minutes to cross the continental United States, which hasn't happened since 1918. The last such domestic domestic event in 1979 reached only five states. In our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., we learn that um, President Trump stepped out on his balcony from the White House, second floor of the White House, and uh, he was with First Lady Melania and their son, Barron. They tried to catch a glimpse of the eclipse at 2.40 p.m. on Monday. Before um, putting on protective glasses, Trump gestured to the crowd below and looked up directly into the sun for just a moment. An aide shouted, don't look. At any rate, we hope he'll be well. Now, we know that Monday's total solar eclipse was not caused by a bear biting the sun, a dragon swallowing it, or an X-rated get-together between heavenly bodies. And yet, as our ancestors have done for millions of years, people freaked out about this total solar eclipse. Now, there have been lots of stories and myths about eclipses, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. If you think that astronomers of 2000, in 2017 think the solar eclipse is some overwhelming sight, how do you think goat herders 3,000 years ago took it when the sun suddenly went dark in the middle of the, of the day. Often, that sheep herder concluded that something had eaten the sun. Now, some people have thought that a dragon did it. These are people of ancient times. According to stories from China, India, Armenia, Tibet, Persia, and other parts of the world, they think that dragons may have eaten the sun. Traditional tales from other cultures blamed a demon, then a jaguar, a frog or a toad, a wolf, or a group of stakes, snakes. rather. The indigenous Pomo people of Northern California envisioned a great cranky bear rambling through the heavens and biting the sun when it refused to move out of the way. <laughs> the Tartars of western Siberia said that a vampire tried to swallow the sun, but he spit it out when it burned his tongue. Same for the fire dogs of Bolivian and Korean tradition, which were sent by an evil king to steal the sun but couldn't hold it in their mouths very long. Now, for centuries, astronomers, poets, philosophers, and authors have used eclipses in their works. You might remember, Shakespeare mentioned them as bad omens in King Lear and his play, Anthony and Cleopatra. John Milton, who compared the fall of Satan to a solar eclipse in his epic poem, Paradise Lost, could have experienced an eclipse over England in 1654. That's 13 years before he published his epic poem. Mark Twain used an eclipse as a pivotal point in his story 
a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court, when the time-traveling Yankee saves himself from execution by making a medieval court believe that he can darken the sun. The story was based on real-life Christopher Columbus, who escaped a jam in Jamaica back in 1504 by using a similar ploy with a lunar eclipse. Horror story writer Stephen King connected two of his novels, Gerald's Game and Dolores Claiborne, through the solar eclipse that was visible over Maine in July 1963. Some stories were another kind of another kind of hot, according to oral traditions of Australian Aboriginal cultures. The sun and the moon were man and woman in love, they say, and eclipses darkened the world when they got together so they would have a little privacy. Other Australians correctly assumed that something covered the sun, but they thought it might have been possum fur, or a huge black bird, or a sorcerer's cloak rather than the moon. We learn in a Transylvania folktale, the sun turns away from humankind's horrible behavior during an eclipse, and a toxic dew falls. Now, dew does does appear during some eclipses because of the <clears throat> sudden temperature drop, but the dew isn't poisonous. In Washington, D.C., the temperature dropped 10 degrees as the sun went over in uh, mid-afternoon this, this particular Monday, last Monday. Even into the 19th century, some people believed that you shouldn't breathe the outdoor air during an eclipse. Laundry left out to dry was considered contaminated. Native Alaskans interpreted an eclipse to mean the sun was sick, so they turned over their pots and cooking utensils to avoid the sun's illness. <laughs> now, we've had a few moon-worshipping cultures in ancient times, such as the Shimu of northern Peru. They celebrated solar eclipses as lunar victories. But the takeaway for most of these myths is that the solar eclipse was a bad or even terrible thing. A century ago, the Navajo Indians believed that the eclipse of 1918 over the American Southwest was an omen that foreshadowed the Spanish flu pandemic. Tens of millions died in the following months, including 2,000 Navajo Indians. And now, we're no longer superstitious about eclipses, except that maybe we are. In 2009, financial behaviorist Gabriel Lepore found the stock prices tend, that stock prices tend to fall on eclipse days. And yes, they did fall a little bit on Monday. Some people close their curtains and refuse to go out if there is an eclipse. Now, there are some other things about Eclipse that I want you to know. Now, this is information that was put together by a young lady by the name of Bonnie Berkowitz. It's very interesting. Now, in some ancient people, because they figured that nothing good was coming from an Eclipse, people often came up with creative ways to end them. The Chippewa Indians of North America shot flaming arrows into the sky to rekindle the sun. Ancient Mayans ate a certain type of snake. Hindus in India immersed themselves in water, particularly water of the Ganges River, which is considered to be purifying, to encourage the sun to fight off the dragon that was swallowing the sun. 
I'm told that some modern Hindus still take a traditional dip in sacred waters during eclipses. Now, the ancient Chinese were known to bang drums and pots and make a big racket as a possible way to scare the dragon away that was eating the sun. Chinese astronomers kept meticulous records of eclipses in part because they were considered to be a kind of cosmic referendum on the emperor, and not in a good way. Fearing that the eclipse might mean they would die, emperors would stay out of the palace, eat only vegetarian meals, and perform rituals to restore the sun. Legend has it that at least two palace astronomers were beheaded for being drunk on the job, and depending on that story, either failing to predict an eclipse or failing to show up when one appeared. <laughs> now, solar eclipses were extremely serious business to the sun-worshipping Aztecs, who had grisly ways of preventing them, said Susan Milberth, the um, curator, or emeritus curator of the Latin American Art and Archaeology Museum in Florida's Museum of Natural History. The Aztecs believed that on a certain date in their calendar, for Olin to be specific, a solar eclipse accompanied by an earthquake would cause the end of the world. When that date rolled around every 260 days, priests performed a ritual, human sacrifice to speed, to see, to feed rather, and strengthen the sun and to ward off the eclipse. Boy, there's more about eclipse than I ever wanted to know. But you might want to know this. The first eclipse chaser may have been a man called Monsieur Le Chevalier de Louville of the Royal Academy of Sciences in Paris, who trekked to London in 1715 to see the eclipse that his friend Edmund Haley had predicted. Haley built on the work of Sir Isaac Newton, who had published uh, a few years ago, a few years before, a treatise about uh, how factor gravity, gravi how factor, how gravity factored into a solar eclipse. Haley, of course, is better known for predicting when a comet or a certain comet would come around again. Haley's Comet. The bravest eclipse chaser that we know of may have been Navy photographer Alvin Peterson, who spent two hours on top of a flying dirigible with his movie camera to film the eclipse over New York City on January 24, 1925. According to John Dvorak, who tells Peterson's story in the book Mask of the Sun, Peterson got several reels of video and severe Fosbright. So, why do people like to go to extremes to see an eclipse, ask some people. The reason is quite simple. Because it may be the most beautiful sight you'll ever see in nature. Some people consider eclipse deeply emotional because you feel the ominous shadow of the moon racing across the sun. Some people say it's a sensory experience. I don't know. I really didn't see much of the eclipse. I was outside. I didn't have the glasses. I didn't look up. There seemed to be some shadows. I'm going to wait for the next eclipse. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Did you look up at the eclipse on Monday? <laughs> you can email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com to tell me whether you had some experience of the eclipse. I'll be right back with you. There's more to come. Stick with me. 
Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. 